0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hey gang, great news. We have extended our partnership with the brilliant crew at collegefootballisland.com and the Aer Lingus College Football Classic this year. Notre Dame Navy Navy is the big game and me ben propo and more gonna be out there for all the build up we're gonna be recording pods there's talk of a live show we'll be at the game we are super excited about it we're gonna be dropping special episodes of cottage days here on the nc show in the build up to it lots of brilliant guests coming your way if you haven't if you didn't make it over last year you've got to try and get out there this year or Next year's game's been announced as well. So head on over collegefootballisland.com. Find out more information from the website. We hope to see you out there. Benny from the block back in the house for a college days that I've been looking forward to because we don't sit around idly on the NC show, right, Ben? We don't sit around. I'd like to think not. Twiddling off that. Well, the clarifier, Propo obviously does. I mean, that is his MO, but the rest of us, we're, we're strictly business. We're all about the business. Forget the 2023 draft as done and dusted. The 2023 season, yeah, we'll get into that. But the 2024 draft, already on your radar, players that are going to be upfront set of prominent in the 2024 NFL draft coming to a team near you
0: in about Thirteen months time. Yeah, you know, um, you know that that Drake meme, where he's like, it's like he's in effect he's rejecting one thing, and accepting another. Mm. It's like, twenty twenty three draft, mm, nah. Twenty twenty four draft, okay. Bring it on, because, you know, as we as we say on this show, there is there is no off season, and it's like for me, it's always draft season. So when someone says like, oh, you're excited for draft season, like it's I don't care what month of the year it is, it's draft season. Because when the college football season is going on, that's that's draft prep. Um, so right now, I'm thinking about those players who are going to be stars on Saturdays in this coming season, who we're going to see on Sundays after the next draft. You have to always look forward. You certainly do, big man. And we've got six players that you're going to pick out
1: coming uh, are they all first-rounders, projected first-rounders? Yeah, to me, mm, these, okay. are cur- right. these are currently all first-rounders. Uh, currently be the operative workers. because I want to get into that. So we'll get into that in, in, in just a little bit and start to get you set. As, as Ben rightly says, not only for next season's draft or next uh, year's draft, uh, uh, but also this season's college ball, Ben did reach out to me asking what we we're going to discuss on today's college days. Um, whilst I was watching West Ham win the Europa Conference League. Just I, want to throw that out there.
0: I, I sent it after the final whistle, oh, after yes. the final whistle, <laughs> yeah. which right. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if the, the final whistle is, I mean, I imagine you are still kind of in that post match feeling. You might even still have that feeling of like in injury time of just blow the whistle, blow the whistle, still kind of that, that tension. So yeah, I was a little bit apprehensive even sending that message. I thought, I don't know when he's going to see this. I don't know when he's going to be in a fit state to read anything so <laughs> <laughs> when you said that post-match phase
1: i was wondering where you were going to go with that it was <laughs> um we were joking so it was the classic thing where it just went on and on and on it, and in terms of added time uh and it was excruciating of course uh, any anyone out there will know whatever the sport whatever uh the the team situation that, that you might relate to this that that moment when you that's all you want is for it to be done and it is prolonged unnecessarily. And in football, of course, that is maddening when it is quite clearly X number of minutes. But of course, the fine print is, well, that's the, that's the minimum number of minutes. So the referee can apply his own discretion. In this case, the referee <laughs> applying plenty, plenty of discretion. And it's seemingly doubling the amount of time uh, that he gave Birrodina to equalize. Or I guess, if glass are full, uh, West Ham to extend the lead and, and get the job done. What a night, Greg Rosenthal, of course. Very happy about that news. We were exchanging messages. Other friends of the show, Mark Hunter. Shout out to Mark Hunter. Of course, a lifelong hammer. What a night for West Ham. It proves, and I think it bodes well for teams like the Detroit Lions coming into next season. Marek must be happy. Teams that are perennial losers
0: that haven't won anything ever. Maybe it's their time this year. I mean, maybe. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think the Europa Conference League is the equivalent of, of the Super Bowl. Bang out of order, mate. And you, you like, maybe that. there should be a competition for all the teams who finish fourth in their division so there can be a champion oh. of those. But you know what? There used to be. There used to be something. Like a plate, so- like an NFL plate. it? <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a thing called the playoff bowl, I think it was called. And the losers of the conference championship would play a match to god. be who finished third. third. like like the World <laughs> Cup third place players. Yeah. Oh my and god. Vince Lombardi, um his like his one of his Packers teams played in it, and he said something like, I'm not doing this again. This is the loser bowl. Yeah, Vince.
1: Yeah, Vince <laughs> probably walked in uh to the next league meeting with a shotgun. You no, know, yeah. just just had it under under his chair for the rest of the proceedings and then when it came up so guys are we going to continue with the uh with the playoff ball I don't think he said
0: anything I think he just brought out the yeah. shotgun and pointed yeah. it threatening me I mean Lombard he came from like a, a tough part of Brooklyn you can easily imagine him settling that in a kind of <laughs> like I've been I've been listening to a podcast about the making of the Godfather and I watched that show the offer have you seen this about the making of the Godfather it's, it's a drama. You know, it's got like someone playing Bob Evans and um, someone playing Al Ruddy who produced the film. It's really yeah, good, it sounds great. really good fun. But I've got all this in my head and like this kind of, that sort of post-war New York that Lombardi would have grown up in um, in an Italian-American family. And like just, there was there were certain, certain ways that things got settled in the streets of New York back then. And I'd imagine he would have, if he had to bring that to the table, he would have done it because like players... A lot of players don't even want to go and play in the Pro Bowl. Imagine telling them, oh, yeah, you're going to play the other conference championship losers. Yeah, no <laughs> That's dice. That's a, no a hard sell. Hey, do you think if Lombardi was coaching
1: in the present day NFL, there's only one player he'd have as his quarterback, right? <laughs> who, who? It's got to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Yeah, I thought, you, I thought it was going to be that Vince Lombardi was some sort of like foot doctor as well on, on the side and that maybe he could fix poor old Jimmy G. Who knows what the future holds for holds for poor I, Jimmy I,
1: I know what the future holds. Jimmy's going to win. <laughs> okay, he's going to win the he's going to win the Super Bowl. He's got he's got it's a bit of a long shot. No, no, no. You don't understand. He's going to win the Super Bowl. All right, right. Let's get down to business. We're going to get into your uh, projected first rounds for next year in just a bit. But there's uh, plenty of NFL news to get into straight off the bat. Leading off, of course, with Dalvin Cook exiting the Vikings. Now we're recording this Friday, so there is an outside chance that some last minute trade could get done. But as uh, somebody pointed out on NFL.com, might even be our friend Greg, the fact that there hasn't been a, a deal done to date means that it is unlikely that that is going to happen. So he's expected to hit the market. This is entirely a decision driven by money. It's, it's often the way when you see a player that is still very much in their prime, still delivering Uh, not significant injury doubts why would a team let him go unless of course it is a blowing up and reboot type situation which the vikings kind of is i guess in the sense they seem to have let a number of places uh, of key pieces go including cook um there's talk that hunter might be getting shopped around as well so if not an out and out torching the joint and starting again. Interesting times at Minnesota. I definitely want to get into your perspective on that. But starting with Cook, logical landing spots for him. Miami seems to be the most interesting. He's a Miami boy. They apparently were looking to do a deal for him earlier on in the offseason. So the fact he's now going to be available without having to cough up any picks and just cover, cover the tab, so to speak, Andy, look at their backfield right now, which is, given the rest of the offense, the the
0: weakest side of it, for different reasons, but it is. What a fit that would be, right? It feels like the perfect fit. It, it feels like it makes so much sense that if he goes anywhere else, it really feels like that's that was the second best option, but a very distant second. He really should be in Miami. You know, he went to school in Florida State. He's at home there he's he's literally got a home there and he will fit in perfectly he can still contribute um you know i i've seen other teams mention the bills the bears um the 49ers and these are all places where he could contribute um but it doesn't feel like it's as perfect a fit as miami and obviously there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about it um you know he's he when 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 he played when he played in Miami last season, I think that was the first time he's actually played in Miami. He talked about kind of what a dream that was to play there, um, and that like this is kind of the, one of the highlights of his career. Like he's someone who would love to be back there. I really right, I in that in, that, in that
1: offense, I, I, you know, it's interesting you say he could still contribute. I mean, he's playing as a top tier running back, right? He is not, you know, the danger right, is I, like. I, you're not I don't know if he is. Well, the, numbers, I, the numbers stack up. If you look at what he's been I, doing over the last two, three seasons, he's right up there.
0: I agree. I think. I think the stats are a little bit, a little bit misleading, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I think that he's just become a little bit too much boom and bust. That he's had some of the longest runs of his career in the last twelve months, but also more times than ever before not making any positive yardage. I feel like he's. He's like I, I don't know if it's something to do with the, the Vikings' offense and their line, but he's become, I think, a less patient runner, and he's mm-hmm. looking for the home run when it isn't always there. And- Interesting. I mean,
1: so just to, just to look at this, he's had four straight 1,100 yard seasons, four straight Pro Bowls. Although you always got to add a little asterisk for the Pro Bowl sure, these days. Sure. They, I think you got called up to the Pro Bowl last season. <laughs> yeah, I was an on, awesome. on special teams. You're Uh But he's also 27, right? And we all know about, statistically anyway, running backs hit that 28 and everything starts to change. Now, I get that might be significant in terms of the Vikings moving forward. So, of course, they had re-upped his deal a couple of years back and that was on a different ownership. He had a five-year, $63 million extension. But there's a new GM in town. They've got a new way of approaching business and i understand i understand the logic on on their side but it still to me leaves at the very least this season a team that's acquiring a thousand yard runner with that x-factor big play capability that's not and i'm not suggesting you were necessarily going this far but that's not a. Uh, yeah, you might get six, seven hundred yards, and he is, you know, in the rotation. He's going to be going in as a, as much as you have a lead back these days in the contemporary NFL. He's going to be going in as a, a as a number one of on the depth chart to, to, pretty much anywhere.
0: You, you mean? Yeah, I probably. But the only reason I've got doubt there is simply because more and more teams are going kind of running back by committee. Yeah, and that is yeah, what, yeah. That's what the that's what the Vikings want to do, and internally at the Vikings. They aren't hundred percent sure that he is their lead back right now. And my my feeling is, and you know we've we've talked about similar things when we've talked about the draft and kind of me tearing my hair out when people take a running back in the first half of the first round, which I think is crazy. I don't think you want to commit too much money to a running back, star running back or not. And I said something on Twitter the other day that there's a there's an argument to be made to never give a running back that you've drafted a second contract Mm. that second contract is going to be big and is going to take them to a point in their career where their productivity could fall off a cliff so you might have got them on a really good deal for the first four or five years of their career and then you pay a fortune for declining production right when financially you're better off you know i dalvin cook is fantastic he used first round talent I, I love Dalvin cook coming out and I think he's been a fantastic running back in if I was in the Vikings position, I wouldn't have necessarily given him that second contract. I would have thought okay let's draft the next Dalvin cook and let's let's find let's find a running back in the second and third round who will be fantastic for three or four years and then we just repeat the process yeah and have those cheaper components that's and I think that is that is the sort of thing the Vikings are thinking about financially i think more and more teams will do that and the problem is if you are not the lead back and you are just a running back in that room the pay is different no matter how much like you like how good you might feel you are or how good you were on your rookie contract if you are part of a running back by committee you're mm-hmm. never going to get those those figures that you will feel you deserve and it might be that the days of running backs getting those sort of contracts will come to an end or at least there'll just be a handful of small exceptions and i you know i when i when i moan about running backs taken in the first round of the draft there was there were certain there were certain ones who i'd say you know okay yeah that's a, that's a first round talent and you really want to keep that player providing you can do it at a price that works for you and i'm talking about i'm talking about players like dalvin cook i'm talking about players like saquon barkley those players who are truly truly elite because you don't need a truly elite running back to win a super bowl Mm. you need a good room you might want a truly elite quarterback but running backs i'd rather have two seven out of 10 running backs in my running back room than a 10 and a four yeah
1: but i guess i get that and we know that you know we've talked about it a lot how this is the this is the way to uh Paraphrase the Mandalorian. <laughs> <Of him> on, <laughs> yeah. on, God, Mando, what a running back. Can you imagine signing Mando as your running back? Well, I mean, was, look at
0: imagine. Exactly. Look at the way he would protect Baby Yoda. He Mandalorian would never fumble. Absolutely never. And but also like <laughs> yeah. and you'd never have to worry about like taking his helmet off on the field. But the, like the dude mm. would not take his helmet off at any point, point. he'd have a really <laughs> cool visor at all times. Where would I mean I could see Mando
1: as a as a, a thumping safety?
0: Oh, can you imagine? He would, he would come, if if you were a wide receiver and you were coming across the middle and you knew that Mando was coming towards you, <laughs> you you would, you'd be so put off, you wouldn't make that catch, but you, you're getting hit anyway. You know, you're, the ball is coming and you are getting hit just as the ball is making contact with you and you are getting wiped out. It's a clean hit and he's not making a big fuss when he's, when he's doing it. He might stand over you for a second and then he's just walking away and everyone's just like, he is such a badass.
1: See, I I have got a strange old school Americanish listeners out there. Did we talk years ago in the Americanish days about I've I've got I've got memories of an episode when we talked about Star Wars characters playing in the the NFL and (laughs) Boba Fett in the Mando role. I might even use that line about 10 years ago about (laughs) Boba Fett as a thumping safety. Baby Yoda, if he came out as a quarterback, would the height question be an issue? Because it's because it's
0: um, because it's Baby Yoda. Um, I mean, he's only a bit below Drew Brees. I think he'd be fine. <laughs> I think he would.
1: He would. Yeah, he just lev- just levitate himself above the line. To yeah, that's happen. true. I mean, he would
0: be. He would be elusive. You know, he'd be he'd be slippery in the pocket. And he could he could make things. He can make things happen. Um, Does he need yeah. to technically touch the ball? <laughs> <He>
1: should, presumably, just <laughs> use the four, the four step. Let's move on. Uh, Frank Clark. Uh, big news. This. Frank Clark, a one year deal with the Broncos, five point five million, which is fully guaranteed, could go up to seven and a half with incentives. He's Thirty years old, right? Um and as Nick Schutt reported on on NFL.com, interesting how how did he phrase it? Didn't find the market to be as lucrative as one might expect. Perfectly described. I um Delighted for him that he's got this deal. What a move for the Broncos, adding to that defense. He's one of the best players in the business. He's not over the hill. Why wasn't there more interest in Frank Clark?
0: Um, It feels that, and I, I thought this during free agency as well, that teams were being a bit more cautious in general than I expected. And there were a couple of there were a couple of big deals on defense but we were not getting those eye popping deals and i don't know if it's that there's a certain there's a certain fear among nfl owners and gms right now about the way that the quarterback market is going and the quarterback market is going up so much mm. i think that teams are constantly worried how much is this quarterback going to cost me? And it's the one element on the field, even more than something like an edge rusher or an elite corner where you won't feel like, okay, we'll just move on from this guy and get another really good one in free agency. Like there was a a story recently where people were saying, are we going to see a future where quarterbacks, instead of simply getting a deal, they get a percentage of the salary cap. So as the salary cap goes up, Theirs is just going to go up automatically. And GMs apparently don't want to do this because it will set a bad precedent. Once one team does it, every quarterback is going to ask for it. Mm. And to me, it just illustrates how much extra power quarterbacks are getting. That if you are that franchise quarterback, you are, in effect, irreplaceable. And a team just cannot afford to move on from you. You know, we saw all the fuss with Lamar Jackson. We didn't really feel the Ravens were just going to let Lamar Jackson walk away. They were just going to have to find a deal that that worked. And I think everyone is either paying a quarterback like crazy, has a quarterback they think they might going to have to pay like crazy, or they're still trying to find that quarterback. And I think certain other markets are just getting a bit softer and the teams are not spending, sp- spending the money because that means you get someone like Frank Clark Great value, and yeah. he's, he's still yeah. got he's still got miles in the tank. It's great for Denver. You know they've had a great off season, um, and I yeah I was I was surprised, and the the fact that they've come out and said the market kind of wasn't there, that that means that that's all teams around the NFL are not looking to spend as much money as the players would hope. And I don't think this is a Frank Clark issue. I think it's a general salary cap prioritization issue.
1: Caution being uh, exercised across the board. then interesting. Just uh, as you were talking and, and obviously uh, leaning in on quarterbacks and using the word market seven or eight times, just got me thinking on a bit of a tangential point. Propo and I, on our most recent edge rush, which is in the vault, go check that out. It's a goodie, if I say so myself. We were looking at offensive rookie of the year markets. And I want your take on it being our resident college expert, Benny from the block. So quarterbacks typically dominate that market, right? And this year, in terms of the current as it's set right now, that's still the case with the obvious exception of Bijan Robinson, who is in many people's books, or many people's books, Vegas speaking, the favorite. But then there are, of course, all the usual suspects snapping at his heels. So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Out of those three... I guess this is a two-part question. How many do you think are going to be starting week one? And who do you think is going to have the most capable rookie season, all things considered, situation, ability to acclimatize as best as any rookie quarterback in the NFL can and so on? So do they all start week one, two, one, none?
0: And who is going to have the strongest season? My gut feeling is... We're going to have two of those starting. I'm I'm not sure we're going to see Anthony Richardson start the season. I think he'll be the starter by the end of the year, but not necessarily at the beginning um, because he, is, he came into the draft by far the least pro-ready of those three. Bryce Young has already been named, it was, it was not named the starter, but he's number one on the depth chart now that the Panthers have put out. So I'm confident of him. I'm confident CJ Stroud is also going to, start season i think that i think that of of these three bryce young is going to have the most solid season i think all three of them are going to have real growing pains i think perhaps anthony richardson less so because i think the colts have better players than the panthers and texans and he'll come into a situation where they might feel that okay we're perhaps maybe we're not making the playoffs but we're looking okay really let's see what let's see what richardson can do um Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are gonna have are gonna have issues, really, because of the um because of the teams they've come into. But Bryce Young, I just think he's because he's in effect already the starter, I think he's gonna be acclimatizing quickest. Um I still think barring anything crazy happening with those quarterbacks, this is Bijan Robinson's trophy to lose. I think he's gonna be, he's gonna start all 17 games. He's going to get well over a thousand yards. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns. He's going to have a lot of highlights and people are going to love him and people are going to say, yeah, that's why they took him in the first round. But you know, okay. I will definitely say pretty... that I've already,
1: I've already made that point 44 times uh, yeah. since the draft no about how much I love that pick. But also I have the Falcons. They were actually speaking of picks. One of my three picks and propos got three picks as well. Crazy, ridiculous preseason picks for the season. The Falcons, I'm big on. I'm big on the Falcons, relatively speaking. I'm not saying they're definitely going to be a playoff side, but I like the over-under on their on their total. And, and I think they could be a playoff
0: side. Look at that. Division is wide open. I, I don't totally disagree. And I also think that for a neutral, they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think if you're there with red zone on, you're going to see them doing... A, there's going to be a lot of exciting big plays. They just, they just need... They just need a quarterback to settle in and maybe talk, the yeah, talk, the to us, talk
1: to us about Ritter. What what are we what can we
0: expect from him this year, do you think? I think I think we're gonna see a lot of growth from Desmond Ridder. Um, so he had a fantastic career at Cincinnati. And that's not the Cincinnati Bengals, that's the Cincinnati Bearcats, the University of Cincinnati. And he took them to like their greatest season ever. He's really mature. Right. I mean, I think this is what happens when you are there in college and you're also supporting a child. Like he's he came into the league as a dad. Most don't. Um, so he's got a different kind of life perspective. He's he's a leader. He was a little bit raw. Um, he didn't have all he didn't have all of the skills, but he's a really good playbook guy. He's a hard worker and he's someone who will maximize his talents. I really hope he gets a kind of a fair shake in Atlanta. Some people are kind of down on him. Some people, like some Falcons fans were thinking, okay, well, he's not the guy we want to start. I think he can be, maybe not a star, right? But if you've got a really good roster and you've got a starting quarterback, let's say he becomes one of the top 20 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that's a massive result. And that that means you are kind of, you are set. You are set to start putting some other pieces in. You've got some really fun players on offense. You've got a team that has a lot of potential. I think we're going to see growth from Ridder. And I think the arrow is very much pointing up for the Falcons. And if somehow it goes really badly and they don't want Ridder, then draft a quarterback, have him slot in. He's going to have weapons there. I Falcons fans should feel pretty good about this, this coming season. And I love Bijan Robinson. And you know I'm I'm not a fan of running backs in the first round, but he's one of those players that yeah, I think you take in the first round if you need to. I don't feel the same about Jameer Gibbs, but Bijan John Robinson, definitely.
1: Just a quickie before we get into... Well, actually, I want to talk a bit about Dublin. We're heading there, of course, in, in August. And I want to talk a bit about that and then get into your 24 draft picks. EA announcing that Josh Allen's going to be the cover star for Madden 24. How scared, how worried should Bills fans be about that?
0: Um there's a 50 50 chance he's going to have a serious injury you've just got to deal with that now you've gotta you've got to accept that the Madden curse is real and that things are going to be you, you're not winning a Super Bowl this year Buffalo as long as you as long as you accept that and you go into the season knowing that the curse is going to prevent it then it's fine um let's look you know, just I, look at the, the
1: Madden curse I... <laughs> right so I' just there's a piece here uh Cody Benjamin's the author of it right uh, CBS Cody Benjamin so he's basically gone through Madden covers. Of the last twenty plus years, to establish if if there is a curse or not, right? So, for example, and this is kind of where he goes with it. Michael Vick was the cover star in two thousand and four. Uh, a fractured fibula, less than a week after the game's release, sidelined him for all but five games of that season. Four years later, he was in jail. <laughs> Verdict: cursed. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty okay. fair. Uh, Ray Lewis, on the other hand, and very careful where we go with this, uh, Ray Lewis in 2005 didn't affect him at all, right? He uh, uh, he was fine. So if you could have worked through a, a, a significant amount, ah, oh, cursed, right? Can you tell me who the cover star of Madden 2012 was?
0: No, I can't. hayden Hayton Hillis. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, that was hilarious at the time. Yeah, hilarious at the time. Clearly, the worst player to ever be on the cover of a Madden game.
1: Would you take that? Would you take? Would you take being on the cover of Madden if you knew that ten years on, two British guys on a podcast are going to be saying, "Oh, that guy's the worst." I mean, you are known as the worst. Like, would you? Would you take an Oscar, or would you take a Super Bowl ring? as a quarterback, the worst quarterback, the car baller, worst quarterback to ever win, Trent Dilfer, to win a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I'd take it in a heartbeat. I'd take the Madden, I'd take the Madden cover and I'd take the Super Bowl ring, both of those, just just to have them because so few people have them. And Would you take
1: it over the greatest quarterback to never win a Super Bowl? Or the greatest actor to never win
0: an Oscar? (laughs) I definitely wouldn't. i definitely No, for that. that, for that, no. No. Um... I guess what I'm saying is is that if I won the Super Bowl as a quarterback or I was on the cover of Madden and people said that I was the worst one to ever have such an honour, I would think, okay, I don't care. The people who are saying that have, wouldn't come close to the Super Bowl ring or the cover of Madden. Who cares what they think? I don't mind. But, yeah, I would rather be, say, Dan Marino than, you know, uh, let's say Trent Dilfer. Why
1: Trent? Poor Trent. All right, listen, so back to the curse. You brought him up. I know, I'm sorry, Trent. 2017, Gronk was the Madden cover star. Uh, He missed uh, a lot of time with a hamstring injury. Only had six starts that season because of injuries. Brady, 2018. Well, that went pretty well for him. Uh, Antonio Brown, 2019. Mahomes, 2020, fine. Lamar, 21, fine. Mahomes and Brady, of course, twenty-two. I don't know. Maybe the curse is fading. Maybe Bills are oh, a little bit. It,
0: it could just be. It could just be that the NFL is a high-risk league, and there are a lot of injuries. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And you that know, we remember that. the ones to high-profile. It's
1: like it's <laughs> like it's <laughs> a thing. What utter bonkers! So look, let's uh, let's talk Dublin before we get into your your twenty-four picks and players to, to look at. Because we're getting excited now, Benny. Because the sun is out, summer is here, which means we are getting a lot closer to Notre Dame Navy. We had a great time last year, no doubt about it. And we've talked and go back through some of the old college days in the vault to get, a few, including actually shows that we recorded out there, me and Proper. Look, mm-hmm. look for around August, end of August, twenty and twenty two. You'll find uh, some of our stuff from uh, the college football. Uh, island game last year so respect to everything that we experienced and everything that happened last year but this time we're talking next level are we
0: i absolutely loved last year it was fantastic the fans the fans that came over from the u.s were such fun and the like the, the, the people of dublin and ireland really came together and they like it's such it's such a great venue um but this year, I can't. I can't think of a better pair of teams to come over. Notre Dame, because they they were the first ever national team in college football. Like, what do I, what do I mean by that? For a long time, college football was a regional sport, and that you would play teams within your region. And if you were if you lived in like the SEC footprint, you saw those teams. You unless it was a big bowl game at the end of the season, you didn't see Ohio State or USC or those sort of teams but you saw Notre Dame because they would play all over the country because they were not affiliated to a conference and they would be on national TV all the time. So everybody saw them. It meant that they were the only ones that you would see all over. So do so, you get fans on that, particularly with a team like that? Do you get fans of
1: college teams that not only didn't go to that college, but are not associated? Not even local. With yeah, exactly. Not even yeah. local, but will follow that yeah. team.
0: Yeah, Notre Dame basically invented that. Like that wasn't that wasn't a thing before. Mm. And sure, it would be like if you were growing up um Catholic, especially Irish Catholic in America, then you would feel an affinity for Notre Dame because it is an, an Irish Catholic institution at its heart. But it was. It had such glamorous players. Even things like the kind of the, the uniforms were iconic. These shiny gold helmets. You can imagine, like for for kids growing up in say the the sixties and seventies, when there would wouldn't be as much on, and you'd get you'd get these Notre Dame games on TV, and you'd see these beautiful kind of gold helmets. They would look kind of like superheroes compared with some of the mortals that they were that they were playing, and it meant that Notre Dame were just kind of woven into the very fabric of American society they are still kind of the best known college sports team in the country. They have a villain status as well because of that a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. To a certain, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like the Dallas Cowboys and New York Yankees. You, if you love those sports, Mm. you've got an opinion Mm. on those teams. And that like the worst thing that can happen to say the Yankees, the Cowboys or Notre Dame is to be irrelevant. It's not to be hated. Being hated is fine. Because those people are watching TV and like every game that you're on, they, they're watching for you to lose. And there is an element of that with Notre Dame. Like they just can't be, they can't be ignored. But they've got a huge, not just like a huge kind of alumni base, but all these people who identify as fans who, like you say, have got no real connection there. They didn't go there. They're not from, they're not from South Bend, Indiana, which is a smallish place um, on the border of Indiana. It, it, the nearest Proper city to Notre Dame is actually Chicago, and there is a campus there in Chicago. But they're very much their own kind of like own kind of place. Really, they're not like a Chicago team. You know, they haven't got that sort of. They don't have a, the the feel of a Chicago team, even there, even though they're close by. So, it means that you have a you have a game like this, and you know that when the tickets go on sale, it's like you can you can imagine the the, the people in the in the IT department. Of uh, College Football Ireland, just waiting mm-hmm. to, to click that thing to like, right, ticket sales go live. Let's hope the system can cope because it feels like half of America would logging on. And of course, sold out basically instantly. All those American tickets sold out pretty much instantly. And the whole, and game, the whole game is a
1: sellout now. So we're going to be yeah. building up to it over, over the coming weeks. We're going to be out there for the game. We're going to be doing pods out there. We're going to be in Dublin, strictly business, of course. Oh. Of course, really course. Business. Propo out in Dublin again, based on what happened last time. I mean, you know what you were saying earlier on about the reluctance, the reticence to give any running back a second contract. I think we're kind of getting to that stage now with Propo, where, uh, you know, depending on how he <laughs> behave, behaves in Dublin, we might be we might be at the end of the road putting him on the on the block. Uh, but we are going to have a lot of fun out there. And a, a shout out to Sabrina and all the College Football Island crew uh, who are going to be uh, getting some terrific guests for us. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be building up to the big show, which is at the end of August, the back holiday weekend in August. Even though that game is sold out, just to recap, they're going to be hosting games every summer for the next three years beyond. This is a five-year stand at the very least. So if you head on over to the website, the link is in the show notes, collegefootballisland.com. You can register interest and make sure that you get on that train for next summer. And we'll definitely be out there again. And I couldn't recommend it enough, but we're going to be building. up, understanding a bit more about both teams, what to expect. We're going to do a lot of pop culture deep dive around this as well. So we stopped with Ben and I were talking about what different subjects do we want to get into around this and inevitably when it's me and Betty, movies came up and of course Rudy many of you would have watched and seen the movie Rudy the cult classic (laughs) Rudy and it got us thinking well yeah let's look at let's do a bit of a deep dive on not just college football movies but football movies uh full stop which I think we determine can include those movies in the Air Bud franchise that are football related right
0: absolutely Golden receivers,
1: I think, was uh, (laughs) one of the. I think one of the the, these. All of that good stuff is going to come. Legendary Notre Dame players, most notably, of course, Joe Montana, the 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 famous, uh, the most famous son. But it's an impressive list, and uh, let's not forget Navy as well. And what a fascinating institution that is, too. So we're going to get into all of that over the coming weeks. Lots of College Day specials coming your way, and of course, as always, we're going to lace it in with some cold, hard data and facts and opinion from Benny about players you need to be keeping an eye on to bring this full circle. Let's get into that now with the 2024 list. So as we said at the top of the show, number of key players that you should be keeping an eye on watching this season when we're watching college, but earmarking uh, in terms of players that could be landing with your team or you might... Wanting to be landing with your team next year. So, Benny, as we said, you've put six players down, right? Six, seven, three and yep. us. Yeah, we've got six here. Let's start with the quarterback, Caleb Williams. A lot of you out there will already know the name and maybe have seen some footage. Is he the favorite to go number one overall at the moment?
0: Yeah, at the moment he's the he's the favorite to go number one overall. He's the favorite to win the Heisman. He's already won one Heisman. He'd only be the second player to win two if he if he does. So it's it, generally they don't like giving it to you twice, but that's how highly thought of he is. He's the favorite for both right now. He's an outstanding talent. He's the at the moment he looks like he's the best quarterback to come out since Trevor Lawrence, who was the best quarterback to come out probably since Andrew Luck, or at least the the most likely to likely to succeed. He's just a threat with whatever he does incredible with his legs he's super accurate he's got you know incredible accuracy he's a real leader his he copes with pressure he makes kind of mahomes style throws where it looks like he should be falling over but instead he's kind of got this balance where he can make the throws somebody is going to get a franchise changing quarterback with probably the number one pick um he's going to be so much fun to watch this year
1: Wow. Cannot wait. We're going to, we're going to drill down more on him then. So, and is that, I suppose the question I was going to ask earlier, Uh, obviously injury, but outside of that, can you remember the name that always comes into my head whenever I think about this is Jake Locker, right? Your players that going into their final season was Locker injured. Is that why he, who were the yeah, number he... one projected number one overall. And then of course, everything went, went pear Was that why Locker went, was it injury?
0: Um. It... Yes and no. Like he, like he was never, he was hyped up. I feel a lot more than he should have been. Um, And I'm I'm not saying this in kind of like a a hindsight thing. He's someone I think who was, who was good, but then he just, he was just okay in his final year. He was just okay. Um, He was not when he was good as he was in, I want to say 09 when he looked absolutely fantastic, but he, it was like he he looked ordinary for a couple of years, then amazing, and then ordinary again. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you have those years where you play kind of way above your usual level, I get a little bit suspicious. Got it. Not, okay. You know.
1: Interesting. So we're starting with the De, De Factor number 1 overall. And as we said, you think all of these guys at the moment are projected to go first round. Let's go to a familiar name. Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, of course, the son of one of the greatest receivers in, well, it's certainly in the history of the Colts, in uh, in many respects, one of the greatest receivers in the history of the game. Marvin Harrison was, is one of my favorite all-time players. The Tanner with Reggie Wayne is up there for me. With the Marx brothers, and that says a lot. Given the Colts aren't, much. Yeah. loved them. Loved the way they complemented each other. Loved the way they were consummate pros all the way through. I like any receiver, Julio style, that scores a touchdown, doesn't piss about, hands the ball to the officials. <laughs> let's get straight down to business. Let's get back to it. And they were just representative of that kind of work hard, immensely talented. No ridiculous nonsense, just very good at what they did, let the play do the talking. Is Junior a chip off the old block, Benny?
0: Yeah, he absolutely is. He absolutely is. I would say, like, not not that he's flashier than his dad, but I think whereas like Marvin Harrison, he had to kind of he built himself up himself, Marvin Harrison Jr. obviously has that has that name. So he seems like he's a little he gets more attention now than his dad ever did when he was in college, even though he was a, he was a star in college at certain points. If you look at like his measurables, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but the way that he produces on the field is just absolutely fantastic. Especially when it's a contested catch, like he plays bigger than he is. Um, and it's like, he runs faster than he, than he, than he should because he gets his angles. Right. Um, and he's got, he's got good acceleration. Um, He's got he's got pretty long arms, which is going to is going to help him when he's kind of going up for those high balls because he's not kind of super, super tall. I just I just absolutely love watching him. And Ohio State has been churning out some really great wide receivers. And to me right now, he is the he's the best wide receiver in that class. And it's a it's a it's a pretty good class. We'll, We'll talk about more as the as the months and the following year kind of go on. But right now, he's the best.
1: Now, when Drake London was getting a lot of attention and starting to get into the draft picture in the NFL frame, we discussed how he sounded like a bad guy from a mid 80s Screwball comedy, right? And yeah. I think we determined a number of other players would fit that description. Brock Bowers, Brock <laughs> Bowers, tight end at Georgia, Brock Bowers, I feel it was a mid card. WCW had a had a run at the US Championship, kind of mid nineties. Maybe was in a a short lived but mildly successful tag team, uh, with someone like Lex Luger, and then kind of fade, faded out. Uh, went went a little bit. Mickey Rourke the wrestler.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he would have been very kind of good with all the technical aspects. Perhaps didn't have the showmanship that he needed. Yes. Um, but. this 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 brock bowers as well i wouldn't um i wouldn't describe him as a showman either he's someone who just really gets things done so he's if you need if you need him to block as a tight end he's going to do that but really it's his speed because he's he's so much faster than it looks like his body should be because he's you know he's he's a powerful guy and when when he's running after the catch you don't want to be in front of him because he's going to bowl you over and because of his speed, you may well not catch him anyway. Like there have been a lot of really good, um, been a lot of really good tight ends coming out, but he is he's definitely one of the better ones over the last few years. I think, uh, like he's um, we talk about Marvin Harrison um, as a you know and his good genes. Brock Bowers, he's got sporty parents, just not quite as exciting in that um, his mother played softball at a very high level uh, as high as you know as high as you can play and uh, his dad played um as a center at Utah state so they've they've produced what is probably kind of one of the prototypical tight ends um really good guy and i think he's going to go i think he's going to go high obviously a lot of people are very high on tight ends right now so he's in good stead
1: now, no, today we've got a player uh, that we'll be seeing in a couple of months, I guess, that you think is going to go first round next year. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, Joel, who's um, who's an absolutely outstanding offensive tackle, ultra, ultra reliable. Um, basically, there's there's there are a lot of good offensive tackles uh, coming up. Um Including, um, there's a there's a kid at Penn State. I'm always terrible with his surname, but his his first name, but his surname is Fashionu. So that always sticks in my head. But Joel is perhaps the most reliable. Um, He barely he barely gives up, barely gives up a quarterback hit. They had no no sacks. He didn't allow any sacks last year. I think it was three quarterback hurries and two hits. He so. It's going to be fascinating watching Notre Dame this year because they've got a new quarterback, Sam Hartman, who is absolutely fantastic, um, who's come over from Wake Forest as a as a transfer, possible drafty in the future. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. He's got. He's like. He's had a long career in college, which usually means you're not going to get a high draft pick because usually you're mm-hmm. kind of in and out quite quickly. But he had some. He had some injury issues, and he's over that now. This is this is a this is a season that's going to be kind of make or break for him. This is going to decide like is he going to be an nfl player or not and it might be that a lot of it comes down to joe alt who will protect his protect his left side so well that it's going to allow him to allow him to do it so joe alt he's he's one of those kind of nasty violent blockers which you love to have on your team he's good at he's good in the run he's good in the pass he's good at everything um but his pass protection is absolutely sublime um he's going to be if you're going if you're going to watch that that island game it's it's less showy watching a left tackle but if you do focus in on that left tackle you are going to see he's the guy getting it done for sam hartman absolutely outstanding prospect absolute obvious first rounder
1: love that um two more for the road give us a quick elevated pitch firstly on surely the best named
0: player in the 2024 draft kool-aid mckinstry from alabama yeah he is uh so he's a fantastic corner uh, cornerback you see him when he's like when the defense is kind of in the red zone he is just so good at taking away those touchdowns and making sure they don't happen he's an instinctive player um he's always got his head on a swivel um he's great in man coverage he's just physical fast he's got long legs long arms and Nick Saban loves him and that's enough for me
1: Love that! Uh, oh, I'm really looking forward to watching him. You know, it's my is my favorite position in all of football. And last but by no
0: means least, Benny Jared Verse from Florida State. Oh uh, yeah, so he's defensive end. He is just it feels like every every snap it looks like he could he could sack the quarterback. He's got so much. He's got so many different ways to rush the passer. Um, he's an ex- again an explosive, violent player. On the line, just the other, the other, the other side of the line. He's got to get better in his in his run blocking. That is a definite weakness. But in terms of rushing the passer, he might be the best edge rusher in this draft. If not, if not, clearly the the number one. He's someone I think who, if he can replicate at the NFL level what he's been doing at the college level, he is going to be an absolute star, like kind of perennial Pro Bowler type. Love Jared Verse.
1: Love this. I love this. Snapshot, insight ahead of the curve into these players. We'll keep filing them in, right? We'll keep throwing them in, weaving them in to college days over the coming weeks. There's a lot of good stuff lined up for you as we start to get closer to the season, not just the NFL season, but the college football season as well, which we will be getting into previewing. You can watch it in the UK over on ESPN Player tnt of course the all new bt sport will have loads of coverage too there are some games over on sky sports too including notre dame of course they've got to deal with nbc so you'll be able to watch notre dame games over on sky sports so access to college football has never been easier than it has in 2023 if you are living over here in the uk so make sure you stick with us on the nc show lots more cottage days goodness i'm looking forward to the movie show ready particularly oh i can't wait (laughs) have you got we have got to put this are we so we're definitely allowing airbud in there and the airbud franchise i want to talk about varsity blues and i feel Mm -hmm. we have to we're gonna we're gonna carve out friday night lights for a separate show um yeah fair do a whole thing on our friday night lights uh what do you got on your your shortlist where do you want to go i mean we can cover as much ground as we want there
0: well, I mean, to me, I think my my favorite is probably still any given Sunday. Yeah. Um, but a a wild card, pun intended, is a film I grew up watching, Wildcats.
1: Wildcats, which Eddie Horn such... was L. Bart L. Cool in Wildcats
0: as well? I don't, I don't know if he was in. Oh. Hang
1: on, it's been a long time. What, what, I cool J., was he in the original?
0: The original Wildcats. I'm Didn't sure they he do was. a remake of it. Boy, I don't know if they if they have and I've not seen it. L. I need cool to get Jay on L.L. J was
1: in the Wildcats. Okay, we're going to look up the cast now. I'm Hang on. sure he was in,
0: or, or maybe he just did a song. I can't remember what it was. He was definitely he was definitely involved. Um, Maybe it was a song. Maybe it was something like that. I just, I always associate him with it. Um, Woody Harrelson was in it. God, I'd forgotten that. Anyway. Okay, I, here I we love-
1: go. So Goldie Hawn was in it. Yeah. Uh, Wesley Snipes was in it. Oh, I can't, I <laughs> You're right. L.L. Cool J was in it. L.L. Cool J
0: listed as rapper oh (laughs) there we go there i mean it would have been it would have brought together my love of hip-hop music and my love of american football at that point That reminds
1: me that reminds me did you listen to did you listen to the most recent edge rush i won't blame no i have not i'm afraid if you haven't all right well it's in the vault so you can go and check it out uh i will leave you with this when i asked because propo and i we were meant to be doing a gen x versus gen z and we got sidetracked by football We to, uh, is the right way around i think uh but we did a little bit and i told him that i was going to go and see motley crew at wembley stadium shout out to uh, the great andy hipkiss my agent who has a box at wembley for motley crew i cannot wait uh you're a good man andy hipkiss and, and so we're looking forward to going to see the crew and then i realized nah, let's see let's test ollie do you know who motley crew are didn't know said wow no, no, are they he goes, are they is it hip-hop <laughs> oh boy. crew we're a hip-hop artist my god we got a lot of lot of work to do on that one <laughs> i worry what they're actually teaching these kids in school now i mean how do you not know the crew and then he goes oh yeah pamela anderson of course of ah. course he went there with the tommy lee tommy lee hookup. benny great stuff at tweets from Better it's how you follow the big man on twitter links to ben's book which you can pre-order in the show notes there in every episode no we 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 got your back is what i'm going to say thank you back thank back. you go get involved with that go order that uh really excited about the book and it uh we will do a, a special as promised on that book as and when it is released or close to release. look after yourself bro cheers speak to you soon okay
0: Podcast Network.